0: Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, a scripture that we go to in those times when we need to remember the everlasting arms that are around us. I invite you to read this scripture lesson with me. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A long time ago when I was a seminary student, we have some seminary students with us this morning, I did my intern year in a church in Jacksonville, Florida in the inner city. I was the minister's assistant for that year, and so they gave me a little of everything to do. I ran the summer program for the children in that inner-city neighborhood. I was in charge of the food pantry there at the church. I made home visits. I worked with the youth group occasionally. I taught Sunday school, and every once in a while, they let me preach a sermon. About halfway through the year, a family friend who worked at a church across town invited me to lunch. She was the director of Christian education at the First Presbyterian Church. And over lunch, she asked me how things were going. Well, at this point, I was at that low point. I had come in like gangbusters. I had done absolutely everything I could, everything that was inside, and I was worn out. And I am embarrassed to say how good I am at complaining when I am worn out. And so I kind of poured out, gushed out onto that (laughs) lunch table, everything that Wasn't going the way I thought it should go. And she listened very patiently, and then after a little while she interrupted me and she said, So tell me, what feeds your soul in this work? What feeds your soul? And I would just stop dead in my tracks. I was stunned. I was speechless. It's hard to make a preacher speechless. And I did not have a clue how to answer that question. And I've gone back to that question again and again over the years. For it's at the heart of all of this, and it is at the heart of the promise when Jesus says, take my yoke and you will find rest. There's a famous story from the Montgomery bus boycott for civil rights for over a year, you may remember, people walked to work rather than ride the segregated buses. They protested a system that took their money and then told them to sit at the back of the bus. One night at a church rally, an older woman was asked how she was doing. She was a maid in someone's house on the other side of town. And she replied, My feet's is tired. But my soul is rested. Take my yoke upon you, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you get out the commentary and you look up this passage, the first thing they always tell you is that the yoke in this context refers to religious. Law to religious rules and regulations, the rabbis over and over again refer to the yoke of Torah, the yoke of Jewish law. And you may remember that Jewish law just covers everything that has to do with our daily living, from the big stuff to the small stuff, from the Ten Commandments all the way down to how to cut your hair, literally is in the law. And over the generations, they developed an entire system of rules and religious duties that were intended to guide daily living, and they were intended to point the soul toward God, but after a while, they pretty much became a scorekeeping system, a duty chart. Let me see, have I got my duties today done? Have I proved to God that I'm worth leaving on the earth for one more day? There were rules about clothes, rules about food, rules about illness, about marriage, about commerce. Anything and everything had a regulation. You may remember the scene in Fiddler on the Roof when the young man runs up to the rabbi and says, Rabbi, is there a prayer for the czar, ruler of Russia? And the rabbi thinks a moment and he says, yes, there is. God bless the czar and keep him far away from us a prayer for everything, a rule for everything. And by the time we get to the New Testament, the primary keeper of all of these rules were the Pharisees. They had the Ph.D. in religious duties. And not only did they keep their own checklist, but they watched everybody else to see how you were doing on your checklist and how you were doing on your checklist. But here was the rub, the big problem. If you were poor and had to work from dawn to dusk, you couldn't keep all these rules. If you could not afford to send your child to a religious school, you couldn't keep these rules. If you had a black mark on your name like unpaid debts or divorce, or if you had a job at a pig farm or at the tax booth, you couldn't meet the rules. If you had a physical deformity or married outside the group, you could not fit in, and for them the yoke was just too heavy to bear, and so they gave up. And all through the Gospels, you hear this phrase, the sinners and the tax collectors. And by sinners, this mostly means the people who just can't keep the rules, the yoke of the law Now, Presbyterians at this point in our history are not particularly bound by rules anymore. That was not true a hundred years ago, and when I was a child, my grandparents certainly knew all the rules and taught them to us. But pretty much we aren't a group keeping score, but we still have a deep sense of the duties, the chores, the things that we have to do to keep God smiling on us. And when we turn God into a duty, we have missed the boat. When we turn God into someone who's keeping score, we do not understand what Jesus is trying to say to us. Come to me, all who are weary. I'll give you rest, not a sheet to fill out. Every once in a while, I have a church officer, an elder or a deacon, who leaves the church when his or her term of office is over. He or she did all the duties of the office and then went out the door as soon as the term of election was over, and it always makes me deeply sad because it means that they turned the whole thing into a duty, something they had to get done, then nothing was going on that fed them, and they could not wait for their three years to be up to be free at last, free at last. I hate it when that happens, because once someone decides that God is simply a duty, it is hard to get them to hear gospel again. Every family, of course, has chores, things that need to get done. Somebody needs to turn on the lights and fix the light bulb that's burned out right over there. Somebody needs to hand out bulletins and practice with the band and volunteer for the confirmation class and clean up after a church supper. But in healthy families, we have at the center a sense of belonging, a sense of welcome, even love. We do not earn our way into the family by doing the the chores, no, we discover we are loved. We discover we are welcomed. And then we walk in and say, how can I help? We're glad to show up because showing up feeds us. We have various small groups who meet here in this congregation early in the morning. and We have circles that meet in people's homes month by month. No staff member schedules these meetings. And yet people put them on their own calendars and show up on their own time because something is going on there that feeds them. The early morning groups that meet up here in the library, they get together for about an hour, they read scripture, they share stories, they pray for each other. They show up because their souls are nourished, not because they were assigned this group. Jesus says to his listeners, come to me, all you who are worn out with trying to prove yourself worthy of love, of trying to prove yourself worthy. I'll give you a break. Take my way, come with me, and find rest for your soul's None of us are farmers, but we've all seen the pictures in our Sunday school books. The yoke is that wooden thing that drapes over the shoulders of the ox. It is a device designed to connect the ox to some work. A yoke that fits is one that is carefully crafted so it doesn't rub the shoulders or doesn't twist the neck of the ox. The yoke that fits makes the work lighter and more doable. Mostly, it makes it lighter because the yoke is always connected to another. The yokes come in pairs. When we pick up this lighter yoke, we are in good company. We do all manner of things together here because we get to be with Jesus and his friends. Fred Craddock tells about the time he was a visiting preacher at a congregation. And after the service, a van pulled up in the parking lot, and a number of young people got out of the van. They were teenagers, part of the youth group. They unloaded their bags and their sleeping bags and their dirty clothes. He says they were the most awful-looking young group of young people he'd about ever seen. Hair wasn't combed, faces were dirty, they were bleary-eyed and... Clearly, quite sleepy. And he said, What is this all about? Someone told him that the young people had just returned from a work mission trip. They had spent the week up in the hills building a church in another community. They were sitting on their bags waiting for parents to pick them up when Fred walked over to talk to them. And he said to one fellow, How are you? You look tired. The boy said, man, I am tired, but it's the best tired I've ever been. My question for us today is, what feeds your soul around here? What are you doing that helps you get closer to the good part of all of this, which is being in the company of Jesus and his friends? For Jesus says, come to me and learn from me. I am meek and humble in heart, and you will find rest. For my yoke is easy, it fits, and my burden is light, because we will carry it together. Thanks be to God.